Welcome to Tool World. We're your hosts. I'm Gordon Ju. And I'm David Ju. And we're here to discuss everything about ITF patterns. If you're interested in learning more, make sure to like the podcast. So welcome back to Tool World. Uh, thanks for jumping in today. Today we have a guest. Uh, it's Miss Granfield. Miss Phoebe Granfield from, where are you from, ma'am? Bristol. Bristol. Very yeah. cool. Bristol, England or Bristol, UK? I'm so confused about those kind of things. Well, like, England is part of the UK. It's like in the UK. But the so UK you have, like, eight... Pardon? So Bristol is its own country? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Two things are funny. <laughs> <laughs> so Bristol is a city in England. And then England is part of the UK. Okay, so Bristol, England. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and then like England, Scotland, and Wales. Yeah, and then England, Wales, and Scotland together are like the UK. It's kind of like the states. Hmm? It's kind of like the states: California, Nevada. Mm-hmm. Kind of right. Yeah. 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 So, so it's kind of like saying like you're from California, or saying you're from USA. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's like, it is like kind of the same thing, but it's mm-hmm. probably slightly different. And you're a fourth degree belt, um, black belt. Is that correct, man? Yes, sir. Thanks for jumping in. And I thought we would talk a little bit about Warong. I know it's been a while since I've done it. When's the last time you did it? Oh, uh, like every day. Like every day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Never get to do the higher ranking patterns, always the lower ranking. Do you find that's true with you? Because you're a fourth degree black belt. When do you get to do those fourth degree um, patterns? Not as often as you like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely not as often because, like, obviously, like usually there's like lots of like lower grade people in in the class, and you go over that a lot. Which you know, I'm quite happy to because because you know you you will always like learn. You are always still learning and still learning something new even though like you may have been doing it for years. Yeah, so right. yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy, but it's, it, it's quite nice to sort of do both, but both are quite important because if you don't have the fundamentals, obviously, then like you can't do the higher patterns that well either. So yeah, right. they kind of complement each other, I think. Right. So I thought, Maida, I'd like to ask you a question about how you guys perform the pattern warong. I think it's movement number 11, just before you execute the side piercing kick where you grab the hand. As you move forward, after you grab the hand, as you move forward, is your back heel up or is it down? It's down when I grab it. It's down when you grab it. Yeah. And then you just finally execute the kick. Yeah, and then, and then you pull and kick at the same time. Right. Is there a particular reason? I mean, other than your instructor said it's supposed to be down, is there a reason why it's down versus up? I'm not really sure. I haven't actually asked that question. And, and I'm not really quite sure if like, my instructor said for like the hill to be down when I was taught it. But mm-hmm. I'm so assuming you- it's because when you... Because the next move is a release and kick, isn't it? A release and kick. So in one way, you want to be... You want your foot planted on the ground, ready to execute the kick because the power would come basically like using the ground reaction force from the ground and it would come up through mm-hmm. you know your feet your knee hip and then into the kick but then also maybe you could sort of 
are you because I'm, I'm kind of i'm kind of thinking about psychic when i do um psychic and breaking as well so I know, I know it's a bit different but in terms of power generation i was thinking for, with the kick i know when i because i competed in power breaking i noticed that i plant my foot down and i and it's and my heel only hits the ground when I kick through the boards. It's not on the ground in the chambering position. And somehow that seems to generate more force. But I mean, right. I, but I mean obviously I'm stepping in that as well. That's a, it's, it's a bit different. But I'm thinking because if you're on the toes and there's like, do you, could that or could you argue that because obviously the, the ball of the foot is a smaller area, so it's more concentrated. So that goes back to like theory of power. And then obviously, because you bend your knee to essentially load up your standing leg to then push yourself in the direction of the kick. So could that generate a bit more power? Because when you, because you kind of do like a little bit of a counter movement, as in like with, with all of the movements and that, essentially like builds up power and then with the bending your standing knee that all essentially your muscle will um it has an eccentric contraction so sorry i'm getting sciencey aren't i <laughs> a little bit <laughs> the, the muscle no, you're right on. <laughs> has an eccentric contraction which basically means the muscle is contracting under um like pressure and that builds up chemical energy so then when it goes into the into the concentric contraction, which is when it shortens, it has more energy and stuff. And so you, you kind of like got that with the with the ball of the foot, which is smaller concentrated area. And then when you lower because because you do lower well, lower as in like you're bending bending your knee and then that like I think that meant to like it like doubles your weight or something. And stuff so it's kind of like a little bit of all of that so i'm thinking about it about that from like a power perspective so that so you can you, you can kind of argue either way on that yeah I so think, i went uh, into quite um a bit of science and stuff <laughs> no you're right on i mean it's basically um one of the training secrets of taekwondo right eyes hands feet and breath has to come together yeah. at the same time so when you yeah. execute, as you were saying, as you execute the technique, at that moment of contact, everything has to be settled in, right? Your foot has to be flat on the ground. Your legs basically fully extended and gone through the board. And your are yeah. That's right. So very good. Yeah. <laughs> no, the reason why I bring that up is that if you look at the encyclopedia, when you grab the hand, the heel is up. So some instructors teach it with the heel up and some teachers some instructors teach it with it down. So I'll guard off that, like when the heel is down, from what I heard over the years, is the idea is that uh, the person's pulling you, right? You clench, they grab your hand, they're pulling you, and you're kind of switching your feet and you shift your weight so that the back heel is kind of digging to the floor and you're kind of pulling back to make sure you have enough power. I think that's what Right. One so of the ideas. One of the ideas is so that they can't pull you into it, right? Yeah. Because you've got your foot planted yeah. on the ground. Mm -hmm. Not to say it's you know one versus which one's correct or incorrect. Some instructors, as I said, actually have they show that position as up. But it really is just transition because at some point in time, the foot has to be down on the ground mm -hmm. versus up. I mean, as you move forward, the heel is up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's sliding forward. 
I kind of buy into that theory because if you talk about what Ms. Granville was talking about, mm-hmm. when you execute the, the side piercing kick, mm-hmm. you're still on the ball of the foot. And then when you execute the kick, the heel is on the ground at that point. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And so I kind of see that movement. We kind of break it down as one, two, three, but I kind of see it as really I grab that hand and I'm execute, I'm throwing the kick right away. So I don't actually, there's no real time for that individual to pull me. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. that's kind of what I I teach it with the heel up. So yeah, that, 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 that's interesting because because yeah, it it could be like some people might teach it for the heel on the ground because of the um some people might teach it like for the heel to be on the ground because to have the smooth like transition if you like you know going from ball like chambering or and then down down onto the heel like you have to kind of perfect that quite a bit yeah you, you have to do that like quite a bit in order to sort of smooth that process out and to make it flow whereas obviously beginners they they won't have that would they if they're doing it for the first time so it makes sense to make sure your foot's planted to then be able to do the kick but then maybe if they actually do it with like a natural partner say and do it instead of doing it step by step as in the pattern you do if you do it like with a partner and kind of try and kind of do it like all into one then that would you would probably start to see a bit more like the foot planted I mean you would start to see like the foot going down onto the ground but just the ball and then obviously you kind of like lift up like ever so slightly and then as you extend the hill will come down so I think it's kind of like a progression maybe in that you sense. Know, it's interesting you say that ma'am because uh, if you think about how a lot of younger students would actually start off doing that kick. They probably have the foot already pivoted when they do like a step side piercing kick. They have it already pivoted. And then in Warong, you you have to intentionally pivot it at, the, at the moment of the impact, right? Because of the stepping, whether you have the foot up or the foot down, your foot still has to pivot for that kick. But I think a lot of the younger students before that would just automatically go in with that foot pivoted. Right, so their foot is planted before they actually execute the kick. Right. No, that's a good point. But I think a yeah. lot of young students don't haven't grasped that concept. Yeah. Right. And so they can't do that eyes, hands, feet spread together at the same time quite right. Yeah. Which brings up another question, but nah, I don't know. We should have <laughs> <laughs> these things always bring up more and more and more questions, right? And yeah. you yeah. know, one of the things about and just an idea, we don't have to discuss this, is like when you do sitting stand and to generate yeah. the power, you um, you use knee spring, goes up and down, right? Up and down. Yeah. But the foot, in most cases, you'll see that the foot is flat on the ground and then you execute and he's going up and down. But doesn't that really violate the law of training secret of Taekwondo where your eyes, hands, feet, breath is together? Because really, if you're in a sitting stance, your feet are already there. Now you're just executing your hands and your breath and your eyes, but your foot's already planted, right? Shouldn't they they work together? In other words, and this is just an idea, that really maybe my feet are slightly moving a little bit, and then at the moment moment of impact, it stops with everything else. Mm, That's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) No, don't ask him that. It's something that I've been thinking about. And, yeah, uh, that's quite interesting because uh, you do see... So, yeah, so what's wrong with it moving a little bit before you throw the punch in the sitting stance? Yeah, or like maybe because you do, you might like shift your weight a little bit like as you do it because if you're, because obviously you pull back for the punch a little bit and stuff. So mm-hmm. you're 
um, when, 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 when you finish executing the punch and everything, then your um, weight is 50-50, but maybe it might be a bit slightly one way or the other because of like putting the punch and then that could be the sort of bringing it together. Even though you're not actually moving it, you're kind of moving in, in a sense. But you do see, like, especially beginners, I'm not, not quite sure like, if you've seen it or not, but you go up, um, people go up, up onto their toes and back down. So they're actually like doing that, which is a little. Right. I don't think that is quite correct, is it? No, that's not. <laughs> so that's that's kind of my point is that I think that really when you do this technique, it's, I'm not saying it moves a lot. I'm just saying that it may just yeah. be shift because you are changing that weight a little bit, and but yeah, it settles down. Anyways, yeah. uh, another idea. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Did you have any questions for us? Um. It might be. I did. Um, I did have some stuff about, because before you were on about um, stepping, weren't you? Like the stepping in out and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in out. And yeah. about how with pout, you do in out when you step forwards mm-hmm. or sliding forwards rather, but not backwards. And I thought like that was, uh, that was quite interesting. Talked, what we talked about last week. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. So let's... When we talk, what we're talking about is um, the in-out stepping. If you were, let's say, left walking stance and you step forward into a right walking stance, the foot will go in and then out. But it also is true if you go from a right walking stance to a left walking stance, it would go in and out as well. What we're talking yeah. about in the last case was, let's say you're in a left walking stance and then you shift your stance from a left walking stance to a right L stance. So the foot the whole leg isn't moving forward or backwards, but it actually slips back. In some cases, not all cases. So when we're changing from one stance to another stance, like in Wanyo, right, from L stance to a big stance, yeah. you bring your foot in and out. In that case, you actually bring your ego in and then out to the big stance. But in yeah. Warang, when you do the low side block and you do the punch, you actually just slip the foot back. You don't go in, out, and, and then punch, yeah. uh, according to the encyclopedia. So why is that? I, I think that's yeah. that yeah, that, question. Yeah, I was thinking about that because I thought in one way, because if you think about like the dimensions of the walking stance and L stance, uh, so walking stance is one and a half long and one wide, and L stance is one and a half long, but your heels are 2.5 centimeters apart, but your front toe and back heel are on the same line. Mm-hmm. sort of thing so obviously that's a lot narrower than one shoulder width isn't it so like that would be obviously quite hard to go in and out like that that would be just extra effort wouldn't it and extra energy that wouldn't that isn't necessary but you could still i feel like in the patterns you probably can't practice generating power because it had to be like a, um aesthetically pleasing sort of thing if you know what i mean it had to look pretty type of thing in the pattern so like you can't put too much power in because otherwise you know like a punch will be like this but then if it's um but if you put power in you'll kind of put like be forwards and stuff which isn't correct so you get you can only like put so much power into the patterns but if you because because you're going backwards and you're loading up your back leg and then you're kind of going forwards again to punch aren't you but obviously the stance is shorter mm-hmm. but you're still kind of going backwards loading up the leg and then you can kind of like push into the punch and that would sort of create quite a bit of power but obviously you can't create that lots of power because of it needs to be technically correct and it needs to like look pretty and stuff as well 
but I just thought like that was quite an interesting thing whereas if you go from like a L stance to a walking stance obviously that's wider so it makes sense a bit more sense to, to, to go outwards doesn't it because obviously it's wider the width of the stance if you're saying creates more power mm. when you go but that's shorter from smaller to wider right right no i i think we're on the right track i think we're still thinking about the same things yeah but here's a another question you do the low side block right yeah and i think yeah so, and then you go grab the head right mm-hmm. i don't remember what the movement is i have to do the pattern yeah so you low side block and you grab the head and you strike right the push, yeah pushing. no no not oh taking taking is it taking or jungle yeah uh, low side block and then you grab the head is that yeah. taking pushing block. Good move, isn't it? no 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 taking oh, okay. pushing block no no oh yeah low pushing, pushing block sorry low oh, yeah. pushing oh. block and then you grab the yeah. head does a feet go in and out or does it just go out because remember you were talking about in and out to general power right yeah and that makes a lot of sense so i need to load it up to throw that punch mm-hmm. but according to the encyclopedia that it, in that particular technique it actually goes in and out even though you don't have you don't really need power when you grab their head yeah so why is that no, 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 I'm not saying you have to answer that. It's just something I'm just saying the thing that comes to my mind. Yeah, well, yeah. Because you, you're still going from an L stance to a walking stance, so you kind of have to go out at some point yep. because you're going from like 2.5 centimeters to a shorter width. So at some point, and it could just be like the like um a natural movement because you kind of you have to transfer your weight, don't you, as well. So it could be a bit of transferring the weight from 70-30 to 50-50 and the width. I don't know. I'm, I'm just um, saying what comes to my mind. Yeah, no. Well, well, that's great. I mean, that's, that's a thing. <laughs> just have discussions, right? I think you're right. You know, when, but when people say natural, because we have a lot of people say natural. We have a lot of students that say it's natural. It's like, well, what's natural? Because, like, for instance, we do this block here. But yet, so many people do it this way. I said, well, why is this one natural and this one's not natural? <laughs> you know, so, but anyway, yeah. if you explain it, I think what you just said really makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I look at, I think of the in-out stepping in many cases is really like a recovery of the balance. So in other words, if I'm in L stance, I have to recover my balance so I can do the next technique. If I'm moving forward, I kind of recover my balance to step out. Or if I step backwards, I'm recovering my balance and then stepping back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I kind yeah, of think of uh, you now stepping is really like recovering a balance. And why do we do certain, why is it a certain way in certain techniques in the pattern? Yeah. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, it no, does. Just, yeah, it does. Gonna, I'm probably going to get recommended for that. <laughs> <laughs> but it does make sense because as you bring it in, obviously, it makes it easier to balance. It makes that's like a general thing. If your legs are out wider, it's harder for you to balance. Whereas, right, yeah. if you bring it in, then it's easier to balance, and then that can help you prepare for the next technique. And that's basically what it's about, isn't it? Preparing mm-hmm. for the next technique. Those like in between, you either like cross your hands, don't you, and and turn a bit, or you either bring your hand up to focus, and it's kind of like that position. Position. I don't know. That, that probably isn't like what the 
preparationary sort of position. That's what I mean. <laughs> Any other comments or thoughts, man? I do have a, a bit of a question about, um, we were sort of talking about natural. You, you were sort of saying about like, what, what is natural and stuff like that. And I have, I don't actually hear about it so much now, but about a few years ago, was it a few years ago? I can't remember. I can't remember exactly when, but um, I was talking about like, n- there was something about natural motion. Mm. As in like, um, well. you know, like, um, I think like hooking block, like in uh, your gawk and stuff. That's called like natural motion. Like, what what are your thoughts on that? It's just natural. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah, to me, it's hard for me to really grasp this concept of natural because for us, when we do certain things, it's natural, right? If I do this particular technique, it just feels natural. And yet we have color belts that do it the other way, but that feels natural (laughs) to them right? Yeah. What does that really mean? What does natural really mean? It depends on your own training and what you've been taught. That's why when my students ask me, because it's natural, please explain to me what is natural. But I think that every movement, there is a reason why it's performed a certain way. And you have to explain why is it that way? Like, for instance, I mean, we're going off in a lot of topic here, but for instance, when we do an outer form block, right? I'm, I'm guessing mm-hmm. it this way. If I'm blocking with my right hand, it's on the yeah. inside and it comes out like this. Is that how you teach it? I'm sure you teach it that way. Yes. Why? Yes, sir. Is it because it's natural or is it because my instructor told me that? Why, why couldn't it be this way? Because look, if I do it this way, both hands are still rotating. I'm still doing the oh, same yeah. block. I'm still doing the same block. It's still rotating. So... Why is it this way versus this way? Because it's natural. Well, no, it's not natural because I have students that do it this way. They're, they're going to they're gonna convince me it's natural to do it this way. I'm going to say, no, it's wrong. It's this way, right? So why is yeah. that? I think there's a, there's a better reason for that. You know, you get all kinds of answers like, well, I get more friction, so I get more power. Really? Do I get more power because I do that? Or is it the same movement? Just to use that example, I always say, um, if my right leg is back, my right hand is back. That's natural. Yeah. If I stand up, if my right leg is back, which hand's going to be backwards? The right hand. I mean, I could, yeah. I could have my left hand, my right hand forward, but no one stands like that naturally. If you're naturally just standing, right? Natural. natural. <laughs> so in that case, since my right leg is back, as I move forward, my hands would automatically come up and it should be on the inside. And then I execute okay. it, right? So that's how I explain that. But, oh, wait a second. But that doesn't work for this particular technique because it's on the outside. Why is yeah. it on the inside? Mm. It's because of the way you execute the technique. So in other words, if I was in the right L stance and um, when I'm doing an outer form, my hands actually come up right away and then it comes out like this as I move forward. But in the middle block with the inner form, I actually move forward. My hands at the at one point in time, it comes out wide, and then it comes out and it crosses. But at that point, my left leg is back, and that's why it's on the outside and not on the inside. Okay, that that's interesting. That, yes, it does. Yeah, that, so that's that, how that I explain why it's on inside or outside. And it actually works with any particular technique with a few exceptions, right? If I do twin outer form block. Why is it outside versus inside? 
this way. You see, it depends on which leg is back. If the right leg is back, then my right hand's going to be on top as I move forward. Yeah. Does that make that's sense? A, that that would make sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. I'm probably going to get slapped for that one. Too. Yes. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so what else have you been doing? You're, you're sheltered in place, right? Yes, I, I'm, I'm sheltered at the moment. You're not um, teaching Taekwondo online or anything like that? Um, no, um, I don't have my own club. When it, I don't teach anything at the moment. I'm, I'm not currently, well, I'm not training in class yet. Um, yeah, yeah. A lot of people uh, are like health, that. Yeah, well, that was because of health issues. Oh, okay. Um, which, I, like I mentioned before, it's, so it's, it's kind of I'm, I'm recovering from health wow. issues how's that going I'm hoping that, so i've been able to i've been trying to practice a few patterns and stuff at home so i managed to do up to like chung mu mm-hmm. and stuff so I've, kind of, I've been able to do that like um a few times a week and stuff so i've been so Great. you know I'm, I'm starting to be able to do it but i'm not quite able to do a whole class yet but i'm hoping in sort of like a month or two i should be able to mm-hmm. to come back so yeah, speedy recovery on that. Did you see our little um, video last week? We did. We showed just these little patches. Yeah. You, what, <laughs> what do you think of that idea? It was uh, interesting. Because oh, okay. um, I've heard about with in um, with, with uh, instructors and about about the One instructor there. titles. There, right. there are um, like um, like apparently there isn't a Korean word for master. So, like, so you don't say master? What do you say to um your master I'm, instructor? I'm, I'm, um, you say someone could, well, for a fourth degree, right? Yeah, and then um I don't I know I know how to spell it, but I don't know how to say it. <laughs> the, you know the word we use for master. It's uh, Sahiyam. It got it's got a H. It's got a sat and then a H in it. <laughs> yeah, you know one. I'm not um very not, good at um, reading. Okay. We're Americans. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that like somewhere like the I actually like read like an an article about it. It was sort of um quite interesting about and so I think like it was quite interesting because so sabum is for like fourth to sixth degree and boost sabum is for first to third degree and I think it meant sam means like teacher so obviously the boo part in front of boost sabum means like assistant. And then I think like boom is means like someone to follow physically sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like a teacher to emulate physical. And then Sahi, is it him? I don't know how to say it. I'm probably not pronouncing that correctly at all. <laughs> and so Sa again means like teacher. And then it would, and then him mean, meant it was something to do with following like the moral side of it. That's kind of like what I got. So it didn't actually mean master as such. It didn't actually like translate to master. Right. It's all the same article. Hmm. Um, that's really interesting. And, and then, going into and then, the details of it, that's right. It's kind of like master is like um, someone that inspires people. Not just an instructor, but they should be more inspirational in some in some way. Mm-hmm. But we, in English, we just say, oh, master. He's master the art. Uh, the way we say it is sayang. 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 Okay. But that's how we say it. I'm not sure. I'm not. We're Americans. We don't speak Korean. <laughs> I don't even count Korean. I don't even count the numbers correctly. My my Korean students go. Da-ha-ha! 
<laughs> and then uh, mass grandmaster is Sasong, yeah. right? And that's supposed to be like kind of like um, what I would President Chase says that it's more like um, like Mother Teresa, you know. Um, what is what would you call her? She'd say um, uh, I don't know, like a, <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? Like uh, yeah, yeah, it, they're like very special well of course they're special but yeah special but but kind of like to follow their sort of like life's path not follow it but to kind of like use their like wisdom and knowledge and to kind of like yeah no i get what you're saying yeah no to like try and copy their sort of moral character and yeah but it's more than just a um oh i know what i know what president jay was saying he was saying that it's like a saint, mm-hmm. a saint, yeah. someone that has like super, that have vision, like Mother Teresa or Jesus or something like that. That is a that most people don't have, right? Yeah. And so he prefers not to be called Sasang. He does not like that. He would prefer to be called Master mm-hmm. because he doesn't view himself as a saint. Mm-hmm. But that, <clears throat> but okay. maybe today it doesn't really have that common. That's the way he explains it, though. That's his his idea. But today we have a lot of grandmasters. Are they saints? Maybe they are, mm-hmm. right? If I yeah, ever got to ninety-three, I don't think I'll ever get to ninety-three. But I'm, I would. I don't think I would be a saint. Cause, <laughs> cause, cause, yeah, you're not a saint. <laughs> he had visions of patterns last night. Because <laughs> it's like it's quite. Um, I know, like in the encyclopedia, I think I think it's in in the encyclopedia. It was in one of General Chase's books. It said like an instructor needs to have the combined qualities of a soldier and a saint or something right. like that something like that i think it's sort of saying like that but i'm also curious like w- would you say because like because like now you would like you have said the the amount of grandmasters have grown obviously and stuff and you're kind of thinking like, too. Are, are, are they all saints so do you think it has kind of like changed over time a little bit or uh, kind of I, I don't think I can speak on that because um, I don't know. When General Che was around, he was the only ninth degree. It wasn't only until when he was about to pass away. And even within President Che's organization, there was not no ninth degree until more recently, I think. And I think all mm-hmm. of these grandmasters are well deserving because of their their work and effort in Taekwondo. I think absolutely, mm-hmm. and they know a lot about Taekwondo. So well deserved, and that obviously is a recognition. And all of, many of these titles are really just a recognition, and that's kind of the way Taekwondo is. I mean, just the same as this. What what does this mean, right? I mean, this isn't this is an idea. This is something that my son and I are, are working on as a a sign of recognition of what they're doing. How are they progressing? Yeah. And that, that's the same as the belt system. You see, belt systems in the ITF you only have 10 rings but if you look at some other schools they have like they might have 10 colors but they have like 10,000 stripes on it so what does all that mean it's just a way to keep them motivated in a way that's kind of what it's moved towards anyway well I think you I mean that's kind of happened because Taekwondo used to be primarily adults right, right? You, like, mostly <laughs> adults that did it right you started when you're 18 so we kind of yeah, go ahead. It t- t- started in the army. At first, it was just like Korean soldiers, and then it went right. to adults in the public. Right. Now it's children. Yeah. But adults can move through the ranks much faster. 
you can see that yeah. a lot. Yeah. If, you know, because they have the skill. Yeah. I don't right. know about you, but like over here, like you have like um, purple stripe and orange stripe before yellow stripe. So, you know, you have like the white belt, then you have purple stripe, orange stripe, and then yellow stripe. And the that is for juniors. So that's for like um, seven to like 11 year olds. No. That is, and so, and whereas an adult will go straight from white to yellow stripe in mm. three months, and yeah. they would, um, because they would learn everything for yellow stripe in those three months, whereas right. kids, they need it a bit more broken down. And you can't, because if you think that's like um, color belt gradients are usually like every three months ish, so you got, so that would be a three, six, nine, that would be like a year. And especially, mm. especially for someone who's just started, you wouldn't be like, oh yeah, you can't grade until a year's time mm-hmm. out of the minimum. And especially for like a seven-year-old, like that's not very motivating, is it? Well, yeah. like, <laughs> and like also that's just like a lot of stuff for them to take in. So, yeah. so it's yeah, kind of like broken down. Absolutely. So there's uh, something um, my son is working on. Why don't you show her what we're doing? Tell her, show her what you got. Oh, no, we just played around. We were just making some... T-shirt. shirts this making some shirts oh we make no so, i don't know can you see that what do you think okay yeah, i'll bring it all down yeah oh nice new t-shirts yeah, we, it's like, like uh disco disco lettering <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah that's something that we're working on <laughs> we don't have anything else to do when they're sheltered in places just, just sit around and what should we make today <laughs> <laughs> Well, ma'am, I know it's um, getting late probably for you. I'm not sure what time it is. Yeah, it's uh, 22.6 here. 26. Well, we do appreciate you coming on board and sharing your ideas. I think I've learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Well, yeah. thanks again for everyone else jumping in today. Go ahead and leave us a comment or a question or uh, anything that you would like to say about our podcast, you know, sir. Nope, I know. But thanks again, Ms. Granfield. Appreciate it. Hopefully, we'll see you at the next tournament, wherever that is, mm-hmm. or a seminar, yeah. one of the two. Yeah. Yep. And, um, thank you for having me. Thank you. Thanks. And don't forget to always be safe, keep training, and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope that you enjoyed it. We hope to see you next time.